Welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is to empower, inspire, and mentor people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant in their fitness. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue. Join with me as my co-host, Annabelle Rios. We are going live in three, two, one. <laughs> I like I like saying one. <laughs> I have a I actually have a question for you that, that you don't know what's uh know what's coming. You want to answer? I'm nervous. It? Uh, so what do you think about the Alamo? Animals <laughs> 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 from Mexico. Ooh. I'll say this: when it comes to war. The history has always changed depending on which side you were on. Ooh. Mic dropped. That's all I'll say. That's all you're going to say? Okay. That's fine. <laughs> I just thought I'd ask you that. Get your answer recorded live. <laughs> so, episode number two. Uh, pilot episode on the last episode today. Before we really get into kind of the meat of things, we wanted to kind of set uh, the playing field by going over some terms and things that can be referenced throughout the podcast. So when we say this, we're referring to this. When we say this, this is what we mean. So let's just jump into it. So in the first episode, we talked uh, we talked about a few things, health, wellness, fitness. I think those were some terms that we threw out. So we want to actually define those terms. Yeah, I think whenever you're speaking to anyone about anything, any topic, sometimes you use words and you don't even know what they really mean. Or someone thinks it means something different. It's exactly. And then, for instance, I'm trying to think of something. Mm-hmm. The word confidence, for instance. I thought that it meant potentially being arrogant or being uh, this cruel person, but actually it means that you have a belief and faith in your own abilities, not the other thing. So I think for anything that you do, having a good definition, a good understanding of what it really means will make you understand and view things a little bit different. Yeah, I think I think you're right on with that. Uh, one term we used last episode was health. It's in our mission statement. It's on a lot of our platforms. I think people understand what it means, but I think a lot of people don't know what it means. So we're going to talk about that. So this is from, you know, it's called WHO, the World Health Organization. They have one of the best terms that I found on health. I don't know what people think about who, but for some reason I think of the Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. Who? This is the different who. <laughs> <laughs> who? Yeah, no. I keep on saying who. Big in Europe. Who? Who? Yep. I think so. Anyway, they define health as a state of complete physical, mental, social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease. So I feel like some people might say that they're healthy because they don't have fill in the blank. Yeah, I'm pretty healthy because I don't have cancer. I'm pretty healthy that I don't have, you know, congestive heart failure. I'm healthy because I don't have, and that's really not what health is. Health is the actual opposite of that and saying that you actually have this complete state or maybe not, maybe complete or fullness or optimal state of physical, mental, and social well-being, not just the absence of disease. So that's number one. When we say health, we mean that, not just, oh, I don't have this thing. We're saying you actually have these things. Does that make sense? It does. I like that. It's like you avoid going to the doctors. I think I'm healthy. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's actually a good point. So that's what health means. We also threw out the term wellness. 
last time. Annabelle, do you know what what's your definition of wellness? What would you say before we actually get to <laughs> the, the putting you on the spot? Yes, you are putting me on the spot. Mm. Do you think it means the same thing as health? You know, being fully transparent, I think in the past I have used a lot of these words interchangeably, even though they are not. And I know that wellness is more, I want to say the physical aspect of like activity and what you're doing. Yeah. And it's not the health side of it. Hey, that's that's not bad, actually. That's not bad. So the Global Wellness Institute defines it this way. And they, they said that wellness is the active pursuit. So wellness is the active pursuit of activities, choices, and lifestyle that will lead to a holistic health. So you're kind of right by saying it, it, it might be related to health. It might not. It is something that you do. Uh, but I want people to think of wellness as not a static state, but an active pursuit that individuals must choose. So it's what leads to health. Your wellness mm. is what leads to health. And that includes, because a lot of times we just think, it, oh, it's just what I do in the gym. Yeah. Or what I do, you know, in the kitchen, which are part of that, but it's also a lifestyle. Yeah. So it's like the input. Yes. Yeah. It's the active pursuit. So it's not a static state. So that's what we mean by health. That's what we mean by wellness. This next one's going to take a little bit. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about fitness. And there's actually been a lot of debate on the internet about what that even means. You know let what me, I mean? Let, let me define it. Let me, uh, yeah. According to <coughs> Annabelle's definition. <laughs> this is an Annabelle fact. <laughs> See, when I think of fitness, I think of working out, but more specific to different areas of whether that's uh i guess cardio lifting weights and more along those lines okay. that's when i think of a fitness yeah i could be totally off there yeah, well there's a lot there's a lot that goes into this this term and i i have found as i was trying to search the internet to find kind of the best definition at least in my opinion it came from uh, the CrossFit website and I'm not a CrossFitter and neither are you. And, yeah. uh, you mean like the CrossFit? Is there, is there such a website this, this called is, the CrossFit? This is the CrossFit. <laughs> okay. I think, I think it had their trademark on it. It was definitely their website where they post their wads and stuff. Okay. So, so it's official. then. It's official. This is what they say. And I actually tend to agree with this definition and <laughs> their definition is no definition. It is 10 aspects of what, embodies fitness <laughs> so it's not just a straight thing it's these 10 things make up what fitness is and we're going to go through those 10 things all right okay first aspect cardiovascular respiratory endurance so that's that's fitness number one basically what that means is the ability of your body and your body's systems to gather process and del deliver oxygen so think runner or biker Straightforward, yeah. yeah, pretty straightforward. I think everyone in you're you know, almost endurance in a way, yeah. Endurance sports, it's an endurance sports, yeah. And when you do an endurance sports, you're tapping into or having to use your cardiovascular or, or respiratory system because you need to you need to be able to deliver oxygen to your body, to your muscles, um, and to your lungs and everything, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty straightforward. This next one's a little blurry. Uh, I'm hoping to clear this up, and that's stamina, which I, you almost think it means endurance. 
I guess the way that I would, I see it. You can correct me, Doc. Endurance is the thing that you're doing. Stamina is what you're building while you're doing it. That's no? yes. That's not. That's that's actually pretty close. Okay. Yeah. So think of stamina as the ability of your body or your body systems to process, deliver, and store energy. So energy is that molecule ADP. Um, but think energy. So stamina is the amount of time that a muscle or a group of muscles can perform near maximum capacity. Okay. But endurance is submaximal and kind of going on indefinitely. So that's like your long distance runner or long distance biker. You're not going all out, mm -hmm. but you have this endurance to keep going. Stamina is you're going close to failure near maximum for a finite period of time but you have to have stamina in within that finite period of time. So think of a wrestler or like an MMA fighter. So like a wrestler has to go hard for, I don't two know, minutes. two minutes. Yeah. You wrestled, right? You did, right? I did. Okay. So two minutes or an MMA fighter, five minutes. So their stamina within that round or within that grappling is defined at how like, can they keep doing it for two minutes and they're going near maximum. So that's not really endurance. Endurance is like you're doing something low intensity, Interesting. So almost kind of like a sprinter. Yes. And then a long distance runner. That's exactly right. We have a sprinter for another example. So I used wrestler. Oh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, a sprinter would fall into that category. Okay. So your, your, your stamina, can you run that hundred meters and stay consistent that a whole, your stamina is being consistent for that whole 100 meters. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So that's stamina and that's endurance. The next aspect, number three is strength. What is your definition of strength? Your ability to lift something up. Yeah. It's the ability of a muscular unit or combination of muscular units to apply force. Applying force against an external resistance. Think strongman. Think powerlifter. People who can lift heavier weights. And that's strength. That's strength. So if the weight gets heavier, your strength has to go up. So that's what strength is. Hmm. Quick sidebar, then what about power? We're about to get into power. Okay. Yeah. We'll wait. We'll, we'll, we'll hold off on that one. That's there. on the list. We're going to make it there. Okay. So number three, number four is flexibility and mobility. And okay. This one, <clears throat> it's definitely been used interchangeably. Yeah. So they're they're actually in the, in the physical therapy world. Those are not the same things, but they are used... Overall is the thing, same thing. You taught me that it was different. Yes. So the uh, uh, you know definition is the ability to maximize the range of motion at a given joint or multiple joints. That's actually mobility. Mobility has to do with your joints. Flexibility has to do more with your muscles. So like the ability uh, or flexibility is the lengthening of a muscle around a given joint or, a, or one joint or multiple joints. And mobility is actually increasing the range of motion at the joint. I don't know if that makes any sense. They're used interchangeably, but think flexibility, muscle, mobility, joints. Yeah, it's like flexibility might be holding a certain pose for a long period of time, stretching out the muscle, whereas mobility, and you can correct me is what I'm understanding, mobility is being able to control a certain movement 
Through a range of motion? Through a range of motion, like squatting or lunges, more along those lines. Would that be under mobility? Yeah. I would I would classify that under, uh, under mobility. So with that, think like yoga, think ballerinas, those who have maybe more mobility in their joints or flexibility of their muscles to hit those poses, whether sustained, like you're talking about, or really quick, mm-hmm. like you might do a leg kick really quick for being a ballerina. And that is mobility. Yes. So that's number four. I think we're on number five now. And this one is uh, another aspect of uh, fitness is coordination. And uh, coordination is the ability to combine several distinct movement patterns into a singular movement pattern. So in this one, I would say coordination, think gymnastics. So like you were doing handstand into a somersault, into like a flip, like you're combining all these different movement patterns into one single thing. Hmm. Or a baseball pitcher as they're doing their windup, you know, they're hitting hip flexion and then they're squatting a little bit. Then they're bringing their armor and it's all going into the motion of throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. And you have to have coordination to be able to control those patterns. No, that one makes sense. Yeah, that one's pretty straightforward. Uh, another one is agility. And this is the ability to minimize transition times from one pattern to another. So soccer basketball those are those are good examples so soccer players got to quickly be able to cut or change directions. change directions really quickly and that's agility which really? is different the yeah. explosion yeah so a lot of, so a lot of these will kind of uh be together or you know there's some overlap there's some overlap oh, between okay. some of these but you kind of have to define them and then you know sports take a lot of these things they, into they do and as as you're saying this i can think of different sports like, oh, well i've always considered this explosion or power but like you're saying there's some similarities yeah and overlaps but there's also some distinctions yeah the them. the examples i'm giving are i think what people can understand like oh yeah that makes sense but a lot of the sports and even some of the weightlifting uh movements overlap as well mm-hmm. so that's agility another aspect of fitness would be balance basically being able to control the placement of your body's center of gravity in relation to your base of support so your base of support, meaning kind of like your feet, your body center of gravity, somewhere around your torso and being able to keep that over so you don't fall down. So balance, like a gymnast would have good balance. They're on the balance beam. You know, they're able to stand on one leg while they're twisting and they're keeping their center of gravity over their base of support. Hmm. So that's balance. We see a lot of balance in physical therapy because we see people that fall a lot. Yeah, I like that you're you're breaking these up more and I'm <clears throat> as you're saying this I'm just trying to differentiate each one like for instance when you think when you when I hear balance a part of me goes to coordination like you almost need the two but I can kind of see where they're both different mm, yeah you, yeah I mean when you're putting it into a sport perspective you kind of need both if you're trying to you know if you're trying to do have balance and coordination, but I think just, you know, taking them into their separate components and defining them is good too. No, I, th- I, li- I like that. I think it paints even a, a better picture. Yeah. Uh, another aspect of fitness is accuracy, uh, the ability to control a movement into a given direction at a given intensity. Think of football quarterback. He's got to have the accuracy to throw the pass. So he's taking those movements and he's giving, throwing it into a certain direction mm-hmm. with a certain amount of intensity of how he let go throws all that stuff. So that'd be accuracy. All right. Here's power. You, you brought up power earlier. So give me power, the power. So power is the ability of a muscular unit or combination of muscular units to apply maximum force in minimum time. 
<clears throat> so I think a football lineman would be a good example of this because they've got to explode, have power from the line, use their strength to hit the other lineman at a, like at a, in a given time. Mm-hmm. The quicker you can do it, the better. So that's the time aspect. And then the power aspect or the strength aspect is the fact that they're pushing and hitting someone who's usually equally as strong, if not stronger. So my definition, at least that I've always had, is strength plus speed equals power. Yeah, that's it. This is just a fancy definition. I like yours. Well, it's it's actually CrossFit's definition. I'm just I'm tweaking them a the little bit. CrossFit the website. CrossFit. <laughs> so, or an Olympic weightlifter, you know, having to take something from the ground and take something heavy and get it over your head. Minimum time you have to. There's a time component to that, mm-hmm. or else you're not going to get it over your head. So that's power. And then the last is speed not to be mistaken with agility but speed so the ability to minimize the time cycle of repeated movement so sprinter they're how they are going for the 100 meters they have to minimize the time to repeat the cycle of of basically gait or a sprinting uh gait pattern so can you read that one more time and also when you're saying speed it's not just top speed it's also acceleration uh I think cel- acceleration has something to do with like like a vector of direction. Is that power? Is that more on power? No. No, power is strength and mm, You're um, right. I did time. say that. Yeah. But speed, I think you did say speed, but you, you were kind of saying time. So earlier. it's okay. So that's where it's better to de- like I said it's clearly defined things. <laughs> yeah. So speed is the ability to minimize the time cycle of a repeated movement pattern. Think sprinter. Sprinter. Yeah. Better. The interesting thing about all these aspects of the f- of fitness is that the first four, cardiovascular endurance, stamina, strength, flexibility, mobility, those fitness traits are improved with training or working out. So you when you hit the gym and you lift some weights or do the thing, you know, do the things you do in the gym, those aspects of fitness will improve. Now, if you think coordination, agility, balance, accuracy, those are those physical fitness traits are going to be improved with practice or like specifically a sports specific movements. Mm-hmm. So like you can do some of those things in the gym. You can get on one of those stability balls. You can do that stuff. I don't think that's kind of, I think that's kind of a waste of time. I think just go to the soccer field and start kicking the soccer ball around. That's going to help your coordination. That's going to help your agility. That's going to help your balance. That's going to help your accuracy on how you kick. Don't try and replicate those things in the gym. Just go play your sport and do, you know, work on strength, mobility, and, you know, your cardiorespiratory endurance in the gym. Yeah, it's like, what is it? One's training, the other one's practice? Yeah, that just think of it like training and practice. I mean, you can do both. They are kind of, they can overlap, but don't waste your time doing some of these coordination, agility, balance, accuracy, accuracy stuff in the gym when you can just go do your sport-specific movement. Go play pickleball. Go play spike ball. Pickleball. It's so much fun. We need to play that soon. Yeah. And then lastly, power and speed, those are, you know, improved by combining training and practice. So, again, there is some of that overlap, but I would say, you know, power, you can get, you know, hit the weights. That's going to get you stronger. Mm -hmm. And then if you do work on your speed or uh, your agility, that can also help with your power. Like, think that lineman having to cut real quick and then push and all in that time component. That makes sense? It does. It's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> but 
but it also helps people to think, do I need to just go on a run? Is that going to help my fitness? And yes, it'll help your fitness, but just a component of fitness. It won't be an all around fitness. Mm. So, or do I need to just lift heavy weights? Do I just need a squat bench and deadlift? It's great. But is that all, is that all what fitness is? True. So needless to say, um, we have health, we have wellness, we have fitness. And the last kind of positive term we're going to use here is longevity, which is the length of your life. So my definition to kind of sum all this up is if we pursue wellness, that active pursuit of improving our fitness, our choices and our lifestyle, it will lead to optimal health and that optimal health will lead to longevity, which is the length of your life. There's no promises, but there isn't. There, there's no promises on if you do all these things that you're going to live to be a hundred, but it does help play the odds, puts the odds more in your favor. Yeah. It's all a numbers game. Yeah. So those are kind of some of the terms like when we use, when we say fitness, we're referring to a lot of those things or we might, you know, kind of segment it out in the episode or whatever. When we say longevity, we're saying the length of your life and we're saying health, we're saying <clears throat> that physical and social and mental state of well-being, not the absence of disease. And then we say wellness, that active pursuit, not a static state. No, I like that. Do one more quick run through of the, uh, the CrossFit ones. Okay. High level. The Keep CrossFit. it dumb to me like Michael Scott did. Like a, <laughs> talk to me like I'm a five-year-old. <laughs> Explain this to me like I'm a child. That's it. <laughs> I think he does say five-year-old in the episode. Does he? Okay, I, I can't know. remember. So fitness, 10 aspects. Cardiovascular endurance, stamina, strength, flexibility, mobility, coordination, agility, balance, accuracy, power, speed. Those are them. Boom. Boom. Now we need to talk more about some negative terms so not like (laughs) so when we say the word disease i think whenever like as you listen you need to kind of understand what disease means so annabelle what do you think disease means uh i think of diabetes cancer um something that hmm but then it makes me think of chronic illnesses i guess it's something that you are either it comes in your family or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's something that it's more of a lifestyle disease, but it's something that you, you've been diagnosed with by a doctor. Yeah. So it can be, like you said, congenital, like you're born with it. It can be something that comes on through your environment or it can be a combo. Uh, it could be like your environment uh, takes out from your genes what you already had, but sometimes your environment may not. Um, but basically... A disease is an abnormal condition that will either negatively affect the structure, the anatomy, mm-hmm. or the function, the physiology of or a part of an organism. So there's something abnormal going on that's either affecting structure or function, the anatomy or the physiology. And it usually comes with signs or symptoms. You usually so that that abnormal part is you start to see um signs or symptoms associated with so like for diabetes for instance you'll start to see that without even seeing blood work they usually increase urination increase thirst uh fruity smelling breath if it's type one you st- stuff like that that you start to say this doesn't seem normal this is abnormal 
and then you might need to go get tested more, but those can be some signs and symptoms. Interesting. But it's hard to know if you haven't gone to the doctor in a while. Right. And then also I was like, well, doesn't everybody urinate 10 times a day? <laughs> Isn't this normal? <laughs> <laughs> so you might you might think it's normal even though it may not be. I get nervous on airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. all I said is, I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah, John so, Mulaney. Yeah, look at that. It was a pretty good stand-up. Um, so that's disease. And there's the word mortality, which means death. So like when s- someone gives you the statistic that says this increases all odds of mortality by this percentage, it means it's we're all going to die, but it's basically speeding up the time that you will die. Or this decreases your risk of mortality by 50%. It's not saying you're not going to die. It's just saying that it's decreasing the chance that you'll die from this or in this time period. So that's mortality, not to be mistaken with morbidity. So mortality is death. Morbidity is actually having the condition and suffering from that condition or disease. Oh. Yeah. So that so think morbidity, think more quality. Like having more diseases means you're got you're the quality of your life is gonna suffer more. Morbidity, quality, mortality is how soon you get there. Yeah, quantity yeah, think quantity, like hundred years. I'm gonna live a hundred years and then mortality. But think morbidity, you you could live for those hundred years, but you might suffer s- more because of a disease. Mm. And then if you have more than one, that's comorbidities. So you have two or more of these things that you're suffering from. So to give an example here, in physical therapy, we always ask and try and figure out what the comorbidities of a patient is because it will 100% affect their outcomes, whether they're going to get better or not. And the research does show that the more comorbidities a person has, the less likely they are to achieve a positive outcome. So not only are you going to suffer, but when you do have a surgery or some type of condition, uh, injury, your likelihood of getting out of it actually goes down. So the more comorbidities comorbidities a person has, um, it'll affect their quality of life and longevity of their life. Hmm. So, and then... So those are some big terms that we'll definitely use throughout the podcast. And then th- we're actually going to talk about one uh, specifically here. And that's what's termed metabolic syndrome. So this is from the National Heart and Lung, Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute. Do you have any idea what metabolic syndrome is? <clears throat> no, but I'll give it a shot. Here's what I think. Uh, your metabolism is slowing down. Sure. And it's been damaged okay and it can't be corrected okay well you got the metabolic part because that's your metabolism (laughs) (laughs) and essentially the syndrome is a group of conditions that will lead um, and raise your risk of having number one heart disease number two diabetes number three stroke and then they say potentially other serious health problems and side effects So here's kind of what makes up metabolic syndrome. Mm. You have to have three or more of the five to have to be positive for metabolic syndrome. And actually one in three U.S. adults have this. So it's kind of great. It's high odds and it does affect your metabolism. Um, So let me just let me just get into some of these. So the first out of five is a large waistline. Okay, so this is abdominal obesity. And unfortunately for men, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> <Damn. laughs> 
unfortunately for men, this is that apple shape. Basically, the extra fat in your stomach gives you a bigger risk factor for having heart disease than the fat in other areas of your body. So if you want, so right now, go grab a measuring tape, measure around kind of like your, around your belly button, somewhere in that area from like your waistline to your belly button, somewhere in there. If you are a woman and you are greater or equal to 35 inches, you are positive for having a large waistline and therefore uh, have checked, you check the box off for having one of the metabolic syndrome conditions. And for a man, it's 40 inches or greater. So right now, go measure and see if you're if you're woman 35 and a male 40 inches. So just because you have you one. apple shape? The apple shape. Is that what you call it? The apple shape? Yeah, men look like an apple. Women look like a pear. Okay. On average. I'm not sexist. That's just what they say. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's a large waistline. That's number one. So number two is high blood pressure. Um, while high blood pressure is a condition, it's not necessarily a disease, but it can easily lead to disease. That's why it's called the silent killer. So your blood pressure, uh, if it rises and stays high for too long, it can basically damage your heart and other blood vessels. And it can also cause like plaque, which is a waxy substance to be able to build up in your arteries. And that can lead to like stroke and so pretty much blood can't run properly through your veins. Yeah, it can't run right? properly. Yeah. So you're either going to have like heart attack or stroke from that. Basically heart is the vessels around your heart being blocked and then your heart attacking itself. And then stroke is arteries in the brain, therefore killing part of the brain. So one's killing your heart, one's killing your brain. Um, high blood pressure can cause that. And so for some numbers, most people have a, a blood pressure device in their house or at the doctor, but you want 120 over 80, so one or less. So 120 is your systolic, and then uh, the bottom number is your diastolic. Basically systolic, if people are interested, is when the heart contracts and pumps blood out, and diastolic is how the heart refills. They say that diastolic is more important than systolic, but you need to look at both. So you said this is for men or women, or is it both? Both. So one Does it matter by age or? Nope. No? Okay. Nope. 120 over 80 is ideal. And you'll know you're at uh, stage one hypertension if you have the top number, the systolic, of 130 to 139, or, so not and, or the bottom number being 80 to 89. So you go get your blood pressure taken and see if you fall into normal um, or stage one. So if you're between um, 120 and like 129, that's like pre-hypertension is what they mm. call it. You can be kind of careful with that. Uh, you know, your doctor needs to know about it. But definitely 130 to 139 on the top number, you have stage one. And this is what becomes the silent killer. So we need to get that checked out. And then obviously stage two is 140 or higher or 90 on the bottom or higher. So 140 over 90 systolic over diastolic and those two things you can easily check at home you can measure your waist measure measure i can't speak measure your waist measure, measure your waist or take your blood pressure yeah you can even go to a pharmacy you they have pharmacy those free machines uh, the next three you need to go to your doc for you need to get a blood panel you need to have your blood work done which is why in the hero's journey physio fitness guide our step step zero is go get a checkup, which we'll uh, cover in next episode. But so number three on the metabolic syndrome is high blood sugar levels. 
or it's called hyperglycemia. So basically what this is, I think most, do you, you kind of know what high blood sugar is? Is that just an excess in, in sugar? Yeah, excess of glucose in your blood. Um, this happens when the body has va- basically a little insulin, which is the hormone that takes glucose out of the blood, or if your body can't use insulin properly, you can become insulin uh, resistant. Uh, so type one, type two? Uh, that This is more type two, I would type say. Two? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's... Well, if you have, if your body's not producing insulin, that's type one. If your body becomes more resistant, that's type two. Hmm. And so if you get your blood work done, you can read these numbers yourself. If you write this down, um, if your blood glucose is greater than 125 milligrams per deciliter while fasting. So you have, you didn't eat for eight hours and you get your blood work drawn. Um, that would be positive for hyperglycemia or high blood sugar levels. You basically want less than 100 less than 99 milligrams per deciliter for blood sugar you know what this makes me think about what that almost every food in the u.s has sugar in it yes i mean a lot of foods yeah we'll We'll talk about that later we'll talk about this some more later but this is a killer because again if you have a combination of these things now you're at higher risk or you might already have diabetes and it's going to it's going to lead your uh, lead a risk to stroke or heart disease. The next one, these this is where it gets a little bit trickier is high blood triglycerides. Triglycerides is a funny word. It's basically a type of fat found in your blood and it's actually used for energy. So it's it's a good thing. People you want triglycerides in your body because you we want have too much. But when you have too much, it can start to build up um you know, obviously in those arteries as you're saying earlier kind of cause um, the arteries, the blood not to pass through the arteries, which can lead to uh, like the tissue dying in that area where there's the heart, brain um, being the kind of main ones. But this high triglycerides can also lead to high levels of LDL, uh, low density lipoprotein cholesterol. And this is the bad one. This mm. is what raises your risk of heart disease. Um, basically, this stuff is a fatty, waxy substance. It is used to build cells, some vitamins like vitamin D, and some hormones but again when you have too much of those fats you have too much of this cholesterol it starts to build up and starts to block your arteries and uh, if you get your blood drawn you basically are borderline if you have between 150 and 199 milligrams per deciliter of triglycerides high is anything over 200 so get this checked out and we'll talk about remedies throughout the podcast, but we just want people to know where we're starting. And then lastly on this is, this is confusing, low HDL cholesterol, which is it's usually termed the good cholesterol because it's the high-density lipoprotein. What this cholesterol does is actually removes the bad LDLs from your blood and takes it back to the liver. So the uh, LDLs go into the blood, and if it's too high, that starts to build up. And then again, if your good cholesterol is too low, it can't take out the bad. So you want one to be high and the other to be low so that they equal each other out so that the blood can continue to flow, if that makes any sense. No, it does. Okay. And so you want um, greater than 60 milligrams per deciliter of HDL, which is the good. Anything less than 40 milligrams per deciliter is bad because then you don't have enough to take the bad out. 
So balance. Balance. I think that's one of those uh, terms for fitness, right? <laughs> <laughs> so those are the five. If you have a large waistline, we are discussed. High blood pressure, high blood sugar level, blood sugar levels, high blood triglycerides, or low uh, HDL cholesterol. If you have three out of the five, you're positive for metabolic syndrome. One out of three Americans have it, and it's going to lead your risk to heart disease, diabetes, and stroke. And I've worked with, in physical therapy, people that have had all these. And the outcomes of getting better are not good. But we still help, and it's still beneficial. But we want to avoid at all cost. But these are reversible. These are reversible. Yep, and we're going to talk about through the podcast how to reverse these and um, obviously help our longevity. But Absolutely. Yep, that's uh that should wrap it up for this uh, episode of just kind of talking about some of these terms. It's a good reference point to go back to to listen. Um, and again, we'll we'll probably define some of these terms in future episodes. But this is just a good yeah as we go as we go. Make sure you take notes. We're gonna have a test by the next time around in the podcast. And make sure you're ready. That's right. <laughs> if you don't pass, you can't keep listening. But yeah, some of these numbers are good to write down. That way, you can become self reliant. If you know these numbers and you go get your blood drawn and your doctor overlooks it, but you find it. You're taking control of your health. So that should wrap it up for this one. We will see you next time. All right. See you guys.